0: Welcome to the next episode of the FMA Podcast. If you're an individual or church looking to take your ministry to the next level, visit freedomministryalliance.org for your next step. We hope you enjoy this episode. Let's open with a word of prayer. Uh, Father, we just thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy. We just ask that your Holy Spirit would just come to this room, that you would just give us an ear to hear, that you would give us a heart to receive whatever, whatever it is that you want us to receive today whatever we need to deal with in our lives. And God, we just lift up all the parents and students today as they are going back to school, that you would just release your peace over them and that they would just have an amazing day. So we just ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I want to share a little bit this morning about living up to the expectations of others. Uh, I'm the outreach pastor at Word Alive International Outreach, and I'm also the head chaplain and a reserve deputy at Calhoun County uh, Sheriff's Office. So I have a a lot of experience myself with living up to the expectations of others. You know, as soon as we're born, it seems like everything is about how we're living up to someone's expectations. With students going back to school today, you know, they're trying to meet their parents' expectations of getting in the car, going to school, I'm not going to cry, all this kind of stuff, I don't want to kiss you goodbye. You know, and then once you're in school, you're living up to the expectations of your teachers. Uh, every all your friends and then you, you know as you get older you're now you're living up to the expectations of your employer uh, the people you work with and all of that kind of stuff so we all share those kind of expectations you know when I was growing up my brother was super athletic and so he was the guy that we all wanted to be like And uh, my parents actually had a huge picture of him in the living room, you know, Uh, his senior picture would cover the entire wall, you know, and then like my picture was this, not that they did it intentionally, but that's the way I perceived it, you know, so I tried to live live up to his expectations, and uh, my other brother quit high school in the 12th grade and went into the mines, and so he was a hard worker, so my entire life I just struggled with either trying to be really athletic or be a real hard worker living up to those expectations. Then you fast forward down the road, and my dad was a chief of police, and so our family was just kind of in the spotlight, if you know what that would look like, and uh, my dad ended up committing suicide when I was 21. And so after he committed suicide, my sister had an overdose or committed suicide, we're really not sure. The older brother I was talking about that was such a hard worker ended up murdering his wife and then killing himself. And so now the expectations were no longer that you're going to be athletic and live up to be a hard worker. Our whole family was kind of in a dark cloud. And the expectation now was, well, the rest of their kids are just going to end up doing the same thing. Right. So now I'm living up to those expectations. Is he going to be a drug addict? Is he going to be depressed? Is he going to live up to that same kind of family thing that's been happening with him? And uh, fortunately for me, by the grace of God, I did not do that. I chose a different path. And uh, and so that's what I want to share with you guys today, because I believe we all struggle with trying to live up to the expectations of others in some way. So to me, the best thing we do is go to the word of God and see what it says. And if we can encourage each other today, maybe today will be the first day we don't live up to someone else's expectations. Uh, I have a great quote from Steve Jobs that says your time is limited. So don't waste it living for someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living in the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your own heart and intuition. Man, that's hard to do. Um, I want to go to the Word of God, and I want us to see a little example in the Bible of who I believe someone tried to live up to the expectations to others, but ended up getting it right. Uh, if you want to do this, you're welcome to, but if you turn to 1 Samuel 17... Uh, we're going to be in that chapter most of the time. And I uh, just want to share briefly with you a little bit of what I learned. I was on a mission trip in Honduras and kind of had this revelation about David. And uh, and I always preach to myself or speak, you know, anything I'm studying, I'm always teaching. So today, this is not for you. This is just a good reminder of me not to live up to others' expectations. But in 1 Samuel 17, verse 34, it says, David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. When it arose against me, I caught it by its beard, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be just like one of them, seeing as he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, Lord, who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he would deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said, Go, David. And the Lord be with you. Here was the question I had when I read that story in Honduras. Was uh, was David the last person on earth that we would ever expect to be able to kill the giant? Or was he the only person on earth that could kill the giant? That was an interesting question for me. Because if you look at the family dynamics, if you could imagine, because I did this as a brother with somebody athletic and a hard worker. David was a shepherd, so he's out in the field all day. But all of his other brothers are warriors. So could you imagine that dinner conversation happening at night at the table? I mean, what'd you do today? Well, I, I was out shooting bows and arrow, and I was, you know, I was working on my military stuff, and we're strategizing, we're doing this. What'd you do today? Well, I just cleaned up poop and, you know, walked sheep around a field, and I could imagine the tension between the brothers of, this guy's nothing like us, you know, he's over here, and that was me, I was the baby of the family. So, you know, David didn't really fit in, but he's trying to have that kind of family dynamic at the table. And so it would be easy to me or for him, because it was for me, to covet his brother's calling, to covet their gifts. You know, some of them were really tall, handsome, maybe a good fighter, maybe a warrior, maybe really good at their skill. You know, and all David had was that God called him to be a shepherd. And so I can't imagine, uh, well, actually, I can't imagine living in that kind of environment. But it was funny to me that David was being prepared his whole life in the most crazy way. Because he's not a warrior, but God's having him fight a lion. He's having him fight a bear. He's, had, he's training him to do these things that none of his other brothers are doing. And so God was preparing him for something specific. And so the other question I had about that chapter was, do we play a part in something miraculous happening? Because, you know, uh, in the Bible, we're called Christians, which means anointed ones. Well, all that simply means is God's supernatural power coming on us, his super coming on our natural. And then something miraculous happens. So do we actually play a part in that miraculous happening or does it just happen because God is who he is and will do what he want to do? I think we play a part in it. I mean, you can see it in David, uh, especially in his obedience. So when the supernatural comes in, it was a mixture of God's power, but it was David's obedience to go out and fight Goliath that we see the miraculous happening. Right. And so if you go, we're going to keep going through this scripture for a second. In 1 Samuel 17, again, now we're in verse 38, Saul clothed David with his armor, put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with his coat, fastened his sword and armor, and he tried to walk. But he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I can't walk in these. Uh, I've not tested these. So David took them off. We want to hold on to that. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, put them in the shepherd's bag in a pouch, which he had and a sling was in his hand. So he was slinging and he drew near the Philistine. And David was ready like he was ready for battle. But we forget that Goliath was ready for battle too. Goliath is already out on the field screaming at him, like insulting him from across the way. And, uh, and he was ready to kill David. Just the tip of Goliath's spear, so just the point of the spear, weighed 15 pounds. That's how big this man was. And in ancient warfare, I don't know if you know this, but I love digging into this kind of stuff. But in those days, there were three types of warriors, which will matter to this story. So you probably will never think of David and Goliath the same, I hope. But there was three types of warriors in the story there. There's cavalry. So that's all of your horses, your chariots, things like that. So that's the cavalry. There's artillery. So that's all of your archers, all of the uh, slingers. Right. So David is an artillery because he's throwing the, his slingshot that he learned as a shepherd. And then you have infantry, which is the foot, soldier, the foot soldiers. So three types of warriors. And so if we, if we look in um, verse 8 of that same chapter, it says, He stood and cried out to the armies and said to them, Why have you come out to the line for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come to me. When Goliath said that, when he shouted out, Choose a man for yourself, let him come to me. Goliath was expecting another infantry soldier was going to come out to fight him. So he's shouting and he's like, have your guy come out here and fight me. He was expecting another person just like himself, an infantry guy, was going to come out to get him. Uh, And the way they did it in those days, I don't know if you've seen the movie Troy, but that's essentially what they do. You choose your greatest guy, I'll choose mine. We'll come out and fight. And every who wins, the other side will win. And that'll prevent all this huge bloodshed from happening throughout the land. So just your main two warriors are going at it. And that's what everyone was thinking. Goliath is an infantry soldier calling out, send me your best infantry soldier. And we'll see what happens. Even Saul was thinking that. If you look in verse 38, that's why Saul clothed David with his helmet, with his armor, put a bronze helmet on his head, put the coat on him, fastened his sword. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk in these because I have not tested these. But what he was really saying is, I can't do this because I'm not an infantry soldier, I'm artillery. So I can't wear your armor. I can't go out and fight the way that you fight because I'm not this person. So David took them off. And that's what I want us to focus on today. That's the point I want to leave with everybody today is that if you try to live up to the expectations of others, if you try to put yourself into a role that is not yours, then you end up just like David, carrying an armor that's too heavy for you to carry, a sword that's too heavy for you to use, And then all it's going to do is weigh you down and it's going to be something that you've never tested because you were never meant to carry those things. Those expectations will weigh you down and would have gotten him killed because he wouldn't have been able to do what he did with Goliath. And so, but when we trust in God and the unique giftings He gives us, when He trusts in what He's called us to do, see, David trusted that he was a shepherd. He trusted that God prepared him, right? I've killed the lion, I've killed the bear, so I can go out and I can kill this Philistine because I've seen God show up in all these ways. But He was showing up in the role that David was supposed to play. He wasn't showing up when David went out as an infantry person, right? And so we we see David... He's the artillery because he grabs the stones, he makes his slingshot and he slings it at Goliath. Now I don't know if you remember this, but do you know the little rock, paper, scissors game that you play when you're a kid? That's essentially what happened in this story. See, infantry always almost beat cavalry because the foot soldiers could cut the legs out from under the horses, then they would be, you know, easy to be able to kill the person on the horse. Cavalry always beat artillery because they were too fast to get hit by the arrows. So they're on horses and dodging everything. They, it was hard to, to kill somebody that way if you were an artillery. But artillery almost always beat infantry, right? Because they were carrying so much armor that they couldn't move. So they were essentially just standing still like a sitting duck or, a, or, or just a target to be able to be thrown at or shot at. So infantry always got beat by artillery. And Goliath would have barely been able to move or even see David by the time the stone hit him. So I don't know if you've ever thought about why it played out the way it did, but David, being artillery, had the advantage. So I go back to my original question about the verse that we're talking about. Was David the last person in the world that you ever thought would be able to kill Goliath? Or or because of God raising him up in the position that he did, and him being artillery, was he the only person in the world at that time, that could have killed Goliath. And so, I just want to um, I want to remind us of a few things. One, David's uh, David did not covet his brother's giftings, his callings. So that doesn't have to be your family. It could be somebody you're working with. It could be your boss. It could be whoever you're looking at that you think you've got to be like them to do what God's God's called you to do. Um, God can use you just like He did David. You know, to slay huge giants in your family, in your work, in this community. But you've got to be willing like David to accept, hey, this is what God's called me to do. This is the role I'm going to play, and I'm going to allow him to show me what I'm supposed to be doing while I'm in this position. And so are you willing like David to take off the expectations this morning, even maybe that your family has put on you? Maybe even your children have put on you that you've got to be a certain way or your employer or your job or your ministry are you willing to take all that off and say, hey, I take off this armor that's too heavy for me. i have never supposed to have carried this. And I'm going to just allow God to use me exactly like I'm supposed to. And so that doesn't mean that could be if you were in sales, if you're, you know, in a ministry, if you're a mom changing diapers this morning and you think, ah, God is never going to be able to use me. All I do is stay home and take care of kids and change baby diapers. Well, I promise you there's something God's preparing you for, even in the changing of those diapers that at some point will show up. And if you're willing to be obedient, something miraculous will happen out of it. And so um, I just want to pray for us today, and I just want to encourage you. This always encourages me to, to know I don't have to live up to the expectations of others for God to be able to use me. And so that's some, there's a, a lot of freedom in that, if you can, it's, but it's hard. But if you can force yourself to take off whatever expectations you've put on that's too heavy for you to carry, There's such freedom in just being exactly who God called you to be because there's a purpose and destiny for each one of us. and, And there's a moment in time that we may not even understand right now, but there's a moment in time that that purpose and destiny would just explode out of you and something miraculous will happen. So, God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, like David, that you allow us a chance to be reminded to take off other people's armor to take off things that's too heavy for us to carry, to take off those expectations that we may have placed even on ourselves. Um, and so God, we just remove those today. We lay those down uh, and we just asked you to show us just like David, what is it that you've called us to do? How are you training us? Give us a, the eyes to be able to see that. the the ears to be able to hear your Holy Spirit whisper those things to us, God, and just the peace in our heart to know that you're working everything together for our good. And so, God, I just pray for us today that you would bless us, that you would keep us, that your face would shine upon us, that you would be gracious to us, that you would lift up your countenance on us, and that you would give us peace as we go forward today with no expectations other than to do exactly what it is that you want us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for the FMA Podcast. If you want to go even deeper into all we offer, you can go to our website, freedomministryalliance.org, or you can email Matt Hobson at matt at wordalive.org for more information. In the meantime, subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us on the FMA Podcast.